It is an honor to have Richard Lang on the podcast with us today. Arjun and I have been uh, really looking forward to having Richard on for a number of weeks now. I just want to give a quick message to the audience. I think this is an episode that you can really benefit from and get the most out of if you give it your full attention. So what Richard's here to share today can actually appear as very obvious and self-evident if you come into it with an open mind and a present mind. So that's a little bit of advice to the audience. And what Richard is here to talk about today really has a lot to do with the idea of having a major shift in perspective, which is something we talk a lot about at Rising Laterally. So with that, Richard, I'll ask you, you know, what is the headless way and how can it help someone shift their perspective on who they actually are? Well, thank you very much for inviting me here. Uh, pleasure to be here and to share uh, this point of view. Uh, this is really awakening to what it's like to be you, which is uh, actually the easiest thing in the world because you are you. And uh, what the Headless Way points out is the difference between what you look like, your appearance, the one you see in the mirror, the one that others see, the difference between that and what you are at zero distance, what you are from yourself. So, uh, for example, uh, Jay and Arjun and uh, anyone else could, if they were looking at me, see my face, my appearance, if you were about six feet away. Because obviously, if you uh, come up towards me, you'll lose my face and get just a patch of skin and then uh, cells, molecules. Or if you go away, you'll lose me and get the country and the planet and the star. So this is a very uh, important uh, thing just to recognize that what you are changes with range, with distance. And when you look at me and see Richard, that's because you're about six feet away. And I, however, am at zero distance from myself. So I'm obviously going to look different from what I look like to you guys on the screen and in the mirror and so on. And when I look, I find that I don't see my own face now right here. And the listener and the viewer, if you want to know what I'm talking about, just be aware of your own point of view. And as you're listening, uh, just notice you can't see your own face. And uh, uh, there's a lot to explore in this, but you can't really argue with that. I Do you see your own face? No. What do you see instead? The world. And normally, uh, we are not aware of that. Uh, and I suppose if someone points it out, you say, so what? What's the point of that? I suppose my, part of my job is to say, well, the, some of the implications of this are just fantastic. And uh, first of all, is it true? What are you from your own point of view? And secondly, if it is, what value might it have? And I'll just say one more thing. Uh, that one of the values is that when I'm with people, I notice that I see their face, I don't see mine. It's face to no face. I am uh, empty for you. And this is a very different way of relating. From the outside, we're head to head, face to face. I understand that. From the inside, though, I am empty for you. I have your face instead of my own. And this is uh, means one starts to uh, attend to people uh, uh, yeah, well, there's a there's a little introduction. <laughs> nice, I really like that. Yeah, I think uh, a big part of it is just sort of seeing yourself as a vessel first and foremost for the contents that you know are the world. You know, that sits on your shoulders, and 
part of those contents are the people that you surround yourself with. So as they come into your, you know, field of view, your perspective, you really are them in that moment um, when they've sort of impinged on your world, uh, which is just a totally different way of looking at them and you and, you know, who your identity is at, at core at zero. Yes. And I, I say that this experience is completely obvious and natural. It's, it's your first person experience of yourself, what you are for yourself. And uh, however, we all express it differently. So you just expressed it in your way, which I've never quite heard it said like that before. And mm -hmm. that is inspiring for me and enriching for me. And to be space for your friends. Uh, including the one in the mirror, by the way. You know. <laughs> we, we're not dismissing our appearance. But right now, looking at the screen, I, I'm empty here, headless, and space for three faces there. And uh, yeah. this needs a new language to articulate it. And you've just used uh, 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 your language there. I would say I, I'm space for, for the three of us, for the three mm -hmm. voices in the one consciousness. Now, right. that, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting. This is a Zoom with three voices, one consciousness. And it's interesting because you can think about it like we're all in virtual reality. It's just that not everyone knows that we're in virtual reality. What I mean by that is what you're, you'll never know my point of view of the world, even though you're looking at me. You'll never actually be able to see how I'm seeing the world. And even if I see your two eyes, it only feels like one eye for me. And the other thing about you know, zooming in on yourself and zooming out on yourself. It's like, if at a distance, if I zoom out all the way, I can go from myself, literally to the point of when space and time were at one atom called the Big Bang. So I can zoom out all the way there. You think about like zooming out on the country, the planet, the stars, the sun, all the way to that point of the Big Bang. And on the flip side, if I reverse that zoom and I zoom inwards, like I'll zoom into my skin, my blood, my cells, my vessels, past my bones, past my heart, all the way to the point of nothing. And so Amen. from nothing to nothing is in between nothing is actually everything. Well, well put. Yes. And uh, uh, you see, I think we are opening up to a new way of appreciating what we are. And although your view out, Arjun, is different from mine, I'm viewing uh, England, you're viewing California, the place we're looking out of is indistinguishable, this single eye. Uh, I don't see my face here or my nationality or my age or anything here. And when I ask you what it's like, I'm sure it's the same for you, that the view is given in this boundless space. And one way, really, to bring this home uh, is, uh, still visually, is to notice that what you're looking out of. And uh, in your own experience now, are you looking out of two little peepholes or one single eye? And... Uh, if the viewer and, or the listener just uh, brings a hand in front of you, uh, like, uh, uh, so there's about a foot apart between your hands, and then you just bring your hands back so that they go past your head. From the first person point of view, my hands get very big, and then they disappear into one space here. Now I bring them forwards, and they emerge magically out of this awareness, this nothingness. Now, 
that nothingness is where we're all one. Now, right. that, that is just a game changer. Because as soon as you see this, it, it doesn't matter who you're talking to or where they are, they're looking out of the same space. Mm. And we as a species need to reorientate to this because, you see, when you grow up, when you're a baby, you're headless, you haven't got language yet, you don't know what you look like, you're space for the world, to put it in my terms. Growing up is learning to see yourself from about six feet away from outside through the eyes of others and uh, identifying with what you see in the mirror. And as a child, you're learning about what you look like and you haven't quite got it yet. So it's as easy to be a lion or an airplane as a little boy or girl because you're not in a box yet. But you're learning what box you're in and you have to and you want to in order to join society. Now, by the time that we're adults, we see ourselves from the outside with a head we imagine it. We don't see it. We imagine mm -hmm. it. And we look in the mirror and imagine taking that face and pulling it out and making it bigger and flipping it the other way around and putting it on like a mask. You don't actually do that. You've never seen your face, but you imagine it there. So the third stage, the baby, the child, the adult, the third stage of the adult is going around and operating as if you're behind a face in a body, head to head, separate with everyone. Now, that is being aware of yourself in society. That's obviously absolutely vital. Mm -hmm. But what we're now doing when we're in that stage is just identifying with what we look like, which is separate from everyone. The headless way is saying, got that. Now let's reawaken to the first person point of view and notice how different it is, that there's no head here, that it isn't face to face, it's face to no face. I have your face instead of mine. This does not invalidate at all the third person. I'm still aware of being Richard in England, but I'm now also aware of being this one space in which the three of us are occurring. Mm -hmm. now, now, that is true. And it is a, a fantastic discovery. It fits in with what all the great mystics have said about our true identity, which we're the one consciousness. You see that here, right where you are, isn't a person, it's the origin. Well, that's an incredible claim. But what we're doing here is not believing in this. We're saying, let's test it. And we have lots of experiments on, the, on our website and so on that enable people to test this with eyes open, with eyes closed, to, to do the touch or seeing or hearing, to, to really test what you are from your point of view mm -hmm. rather than what everyone else tells you are. And that's what we're celebrating here. And we're all aware of this one space in which these three voices and, and people are happening. And uh, that is astonishing and wonderful Absolutely. It is a very, it's a very wonderful thing. Uh, once you see it, do you think we could go through some of those exercises right now, Richard, to uh, yeah. illuminate oh, yeah. our audience? I think that's important. And then the, the audience are with us because uh, it's one thing just to talk and listen, you know, talk about it, but another to experience it. So it's very, very simple. Uh, and uh, I'll just guide you through uh, several experiments and we'll start with eyes open and then we'll go to eyes closed because people always say, well, what happens if I close my eyes? That kind of thing. Yep. So first of all, obviously, notice you can't see your face. Uh, this is seeing. That actually, there are a couple of things to say about this. First of all, uh, this is not a wow experience. So 
when you notice you can't see your face and instead you see the world, if you say, well, so what? It doesn't make me feel any better. That's normal. It's normal. <laughs> it's yeah. like it, you're just noticing the way things are set up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you need to carry on, and then you'll get the implications. Mm -hmm. If you just see it and drop it, nothing will happen. And the second thing is, it, it, you can't get it wrong. It's a nonverbal experience. And if my words don't quite fit for you, then find your own. It, it, the words are not the most important thing. The important thing is your attention. So we start with the pointing experiment, which directs attention. And it's a very simple thing, and it's... Uh, really worth doing to the viewer, the listener, even though you might find, feel a bit silly doing something rather childlike. So you get your forefinger and you point at something in front of you, which directs your attention. And you notice you're pointing at a thing. I'm pointing at a cup on the desk. I just know it's got shape, color, it's a thing. Now point at your other hand. Notice it's a thing. It, uh, it's got shape, color, it's a thing. So you don't have to like it. You don't have to understand it. You're just seeing it. Now turn your finger around and point back at where others see your face. Now, do you see a thing there? I don't. I don't mean imagine. I don't mean remember. I don't mean rely on what others say, because they're not where you are. Only you are there. I see no face here, no thing here. If I was to put it into words as transparency, space. Now take your other hand and point out at the same time. So we call this two-way attention one in, one out, and the second one is pointing at all those things in the world, and the first one is pointing at your no-face. And this indicates that this empty space where you are isn't just empty, it's also full. So it's full of the scene. So that's the pointing experiment, and it just directs your attention like a laser beam to the place we're talking about. Now, when you're uh, now looking out, I'm going to we've got the idea of the two-way pointing attention into the nothing and out to the something. Just be aware now of what you're looking at from this nothingness. And you're seeing the visual field, the field of view. I'll just call it the view, I suppose, or the field mm -hmm. of view. Now notice that it fades out all the way around. Now, if you look at an object in front of you, any object has got a boundary and there's something all the way around that object. It's within an environment. Now be aware of the whole view and be peripherally aware of the edge of the view. And it fades out. What does it fade out into? Is there anything around it? Nothingness. No, nothing. Nothing above it, nothing below it, nothing to the left. So it's not inside anything. Everything you look at, within the view is within the environment but the whole view now there's another thing about this is that uh, when you look at an object in front of you you can say it's bigger or smaller than the object next to it size is relative you see now look at your whole uh, the whole view how big is it well there isn't a second to compare it with is there oh. it's single no it's single it's the most obvious thing it is single, single. So you can't say, I mean, how wide is it? Well, it's as wide as east is from west. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it just goes off into infinity. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm in a half dome, like snow globe. 
you know it's like <laughs> this is my own personal snow globe <laughs> well, and you, you can't see, see in it you can't see in it i can only see out of the snow globe <laughs> yes exactly i know it's very mysterious we've each got a different view out you you have direct experience of your view out and you hear about the others so you've just you know you've described your view out a bit you might do and it's different from mine but the nothingness there's no labels on that to distinguish it, is there? It's just... Uh, oh, yeah. As you said, you know, everything within your field of view or your view has color and shape, but when you actually look inward and look at what's going on inside inside your head, quote-unquote, there's nothing there. I mean, there's yes. literally nothing of any color, shape, size. You know, everything is apparently outside of your body, and you're just living in that environment, um, which is just and like... And when you're talking now, your voice is coming out that nothingness, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that means your thoughts, right? So even your thoughts, yes. your thoughts are out there. They're actually not in you. That's right. They're not at your center. They're, they're not. They're out here. So even your thoughts are out in the world for your world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you're describing your experience now. You're not looking it up in a book. You're not asking a teacher. You say, yeah, my thoughts coming up. In Zen Buddhism, they say mind comes out of no mind. Well, mm. you just put it in your words. You see, if you, if you think of a, a, I don't know, a, a blue elephant, right? Where did that thought come from? <laughs> well, it appears in the, the void. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so this void, although we might say it's nothing, is very creative. It's mm. coming up with everything all the time. And uh, it's a, you could say it's alive, it's awake, it's aware. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, the, another thing to note, you see, now as soon as you get the idea that this is exploring your own point of view, as opposed to what other people say that you are, which is valid from there, because we've been overlooking it, there's a tremendous amount to discover. Right. Uh, yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, everybody's been telling you that your thoughts are in your head and they come out of your brain, right? Right. Okay, you've got that. That has its use, obviously. But suddenly you look and you think, my thoughts are not in the head here. And they're coming out of this boundless awareness. And they don't leave any traces. I'm, I'm free of them here. The thoughts are there out there in the view. And I'm, I'm relieved of all that activity here. True? True. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, Richard, my whole, life, my whole life I've been told I'm Arjun. But yes. I'm not Arjun. No. Like That's the guy in the identify. mirror is Arjun, right. The guy yeah. in the mirror, yeah. The guy in this screen is Arjun. But at my center, I'm nothing. The same as the one at my center, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I understand the Indian gesture, namaste, where you put your hands together, it means the two are one, and the one in me is the same as the one in you. It's a, it's a gesture of respect, right? You see? that how could, It's a great honor, a respect, to say to someone, I honor that, that your true nature is God. You know, the one. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't really give higher praise than that. Well, really, that's what we're doing in a modern way. And saying, I'm the, this one awareness here, but you're the same there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, one, one thing too, like if you're ever watching a movie, you know, I think when people are young, they fantasize about being an, being an actor or becoming an actor. And, you know, if you're watching like Leonardo DiCaprio in a movie, you know his face so well, and you presume the experience of him being a movie star in that shot is 
the face you see on screen, but in reality, he's looking through a single eye too. So, you know, he will never experience himself as the actor you experience him as when he's actually shooting that movie. So, you know, it's just kind of a mind yeah. bender when you realize that everyone you see, even faces you become so accustomed to people that, you know, you, you hold a high amount of regard for, they see themselves as more or less the same way you see themselves, which is just, you know, the empty space from which everything comes forth. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, this is not for believing or trusting, it's for doubting everything I say and testing it for yourself. So, for example, another thing to notice is that between two objects, you can measure a distance, I don't know, between the cup and the lamp. Or Yes, you can measure it between two things. But when you look at the whole view now, how far away is the view? Well, where would you measure from? You see, there's nothing here. So uh, between two things, there's a distance. But between the, the view and no thing, well, I say there's no distance, or it's right here, or yes. So I will now uh, guide you through, uh, take you into just a, a, a brief uh, kind of tour of, of, of some of the experiments with eyes closed for the viewer, the listener, mm -hmm. all right? So we've, okay. we've got, uh, just let me kind of recapitulate here. Noticing we're looking out of a single eye here. You can't see your head. Looking out of this openness. I, this is my language. It's not an eye. It's a, I don't know what it is. It's openness. And that I can't say how big it is because there isn't a second to compare it with. It's single. It's, it's one. And uh, it's not inside anything. Yeah, everything within the view is within the view. Mm -hmm. But the whole view is hanging consciousness, Right. Nothing under it, nothing above it. <laughs> Wild. And I can't say how far away it is. It's right here. So now you close your eyes. Right, open your eyes if you just for the moment. You see the view. Now close your eyes and the view disappears. Magic. Open your eyes, the view appears. Now only the first person can do that. When you watch Richard do it, my eyes open and close and nothing happens to the world. <laughs> Right? Yeah. But yeah. From the it's inside, <laughs> right? When you close your eyes, you don't close your eyes, you make the room disappear, right? Yeah. Okay, Literally, so keep your eyes turn closed. Turn the world off. Turn the yeah, world you off. Turn the world, the world off. On. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. This is very familiar. I think we all played with this as children. All right, so with your eyes closed and the listener or the viewer, be good to uh, follow us with this. And you're aware of a kind of darkness. Now, how big is the darkness? Well, there isn't a second to compare it with. It's single. And where is it? I mean, is, there a, is it in an environment? Or is it just hanging in this nothingness like the view was? Yes. And how far away is it? Well, from where, you see? It's given right here. You could say single, no boundary, not inside anything. Now, also be aware of sounds. And you can hear my voice coming and going, see, and other sounds going on. Now, how big is the whole field of sound? Well, there isn't a second to compare it with. Single. So I, I can't say how big it is. Now, is this field of sound happening inside anything? Or is it just happening in the nothingness, in the silence, we could call it. And my voice is coming out of this silence and all the other sounds coming out of the silence and going back into them. And they don't disturb the silence at all. And so from 
this point of view, you being, if you say, well, I'm the silence in which Richard's voice is happening, which I completely agree with. If you say that, well, you could say, well, Richard, uh, Richard's voice is mine. I, as the silence, Richard's voice is coming out of the, my being, out of this awareness. How wonderful is that, you see? And all voices are in you, yes. So then you uh, pay attention to your body sensations and put aside your image, if you can. Imagine your little baby, and you've just got these sensations going on. Now, how big is the whole field of sensation? Well, there isn't a second to compare it with. And is this field of sensation contained inside anything? Not in my experience. It's like the darkness and the sounds are happening in this boundless consciousness. See, and these sensations. Now, it, we identify with our sensations. So if I say my sensations are not contained inside anything, see, I can't say how big they are. Well, I can also say, well, I can't say how big I am. And mm -hmm. there's nothing outside me. Now, that's, that's very relaxing, you see. It's very relaxing. And it's the way, the way you've always been, I would say. And... Uh, then if you, as we were talking before, if you bring your attention to your thoughts and feelings, imagine uh, the number 10. Well, where does that come from, you see? Or imagine a, 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 a tree. Well, do you know how you do that? I don't. Just, just there it is. Now, you, you might imagine the face of a friend and the, be aware of the affection you feel towards them. Well, there's a feeling now, see, just arising in the nothingness. Or you might have a problem and you feel anxious, you see, and uh, your, your anxiety is arising. In the, make your left hand into a fist, you see, keep your eyes closed, and you get tension there. And there's tension arising. Now, does that tension affect the space where you are, this nothingness? No. So you relax, so it's stress-free here. So all these thoughts and feelings going on, how big is this whole field of mind? They're very complicated. Well, there isn't a second to compare it with. It's just single. And is it inside anything, in your head or somewhere? Well, on present evidence, not inside anything from my point of view. It's all arising. The, the darkness, the sounds, the sensations, the thoughts and feelings are arising in this unlimited nameless consciousness that we all are. And we have different thoughts and feelings and all that arising mysteriously, arising within it. But the consciousness itself, it doesn't have anyone's name or address or nationality or age or anything. So uh, how obvious is that? How practic practical and uh, relaxing, I think, is that? And now, if you open your eyes or make the world reappear, you see, in the nothingness, <laughs> you're still not inside anything. And your thoughts and feelings are still coming up. Now, some people say, well, how on earth will I function being aware of this, you see? I say, well, you've always been like this. You've always been functioning like this, you see. You've just 
been overlooking it and imagining you, you, you are at center what you look like from a distance. And there's just becoming com conscious of this resource. Now you're going to live more effectively, face to no face, you see. And uh, when you're in your car, notice you don't go along the, the road. The, the scenery moves through you. You're still. And you never confront anyone face to face. You always built open for them even if you're having an argument, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just the way it's set up. Now, this is a game changer. This is a game changer in human relationships and in how we relate to animals and the environment. You, the, the world is your body. The world is in you. Others are in you. This is, uh, this is true. And this is not appealing to scripture or a guru or a religion. This is saying you are the only one where you are. You are you, and only you is you. So don't let anyone else tell you what it's like to be you. Everyone is saying, you're only this big, you're separate from everyone else. You've got that. You're an adult. You get that. You understand that's your appearance. But now you're awake to your true nature, and it is dynamite. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's a stillness, and if you can connect to that stillness with another person, that's one of the strongest bonds in, in that human interaction that you can have with people. So you're right. It's like, you're not face to face. You're actually one of the most open, literally open. I have an open world to you, you yes. know, like I have an open world to you. And it's, I find it interesting because you're, you're, this is like an ancient way of thinking that we're trying to have in a modern conversation and with society and the limits that are placed on all of us ever since childhood, it's a lot it's not very easy for people to have this type of conversation or feel good about having this conversation. So I'm glad we're having it, but you can even just flash back to what the Mayans used to say. The Mayans say, you know, in la quech a la quin, which means I am another you, you are another me, we are all one. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you see, uh, I've been with this for a long time and I was introduced to this when I was a teenager uh, through, you know, with, uh, by Douglas Harding, who wrote on having no head. And I made friends with him and all his friends. And we were friends. It wasn't teacher student. He was saying, if you value this, just come and visit. So I did. And I got to know a whole load of people when I was in my teens and, and so on, who were aware of this. And once you become aware of this, you can't pretend you've got something that someone else doesn't have. Because yeah. Uh, it's not like that at all, obviously. And you can't get better or worse at the, at the fundamental thing. If you practice it, it will develop in your life in terms of your, you know, your understanding and, and how it affects your life. But it, the thing itself is non-hierarchical. So I have no uh, idea or, uh, that I've got it more than you guys. I mean, how could you? Right. But our understanding and our response to it is different. Now, I grew up in a mini society of people who were aware of this. Mm. And it's infectious. And it ben you benefit by having friends you can talk to about it. Because out in normal society, if you say, I'm space for you, they'll go, what? No, you're not. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so... Uh, when you're in a society like this and, and uh, with friends who are sharing this and you go, I'm space for you and say, yeah, I know it's great, isn't it? I'm space <laughs> yeah, and it's that, awesome. Oh, it is. And we have a growing community of friends online and, and so on uh, who share this and it is, uh, it's growing and growing and uh, it is normal. 
And you see, the thing that uh, Douglas Harding came to this outside religion. Now, he left the religion he was in when he was 21, and he worked out for himself through attention and philosophy and science what he was. And this is back in the 1930s and so on, 40s. And he recognized that what you are, as I've said, depends on the range of the observer. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you're like an onion in that you've got layers. And uh, you see me, Richard, because you're out there at that layer. And if you came up to me, you'd pass through my Richard layer and you'd come to cells and then you'd come to molecules and atoms. You'd be peeling my onion. And if you went away, you'd see the planet and the star. Now, Douglas recognized that. And he was interested in what am I really? I want to find out who I really am before I die. I don't want to live my whole life and never ask that question. Mm -hmm. It just seems a most basic question. Who am I? Maybe mm -hmm. I've got it wrong. Right. And he recognized through science that as the observer came up to him, there was less and less and less. So you get down to particles, there's almost nothing there. So it made sense to him that at center he was a kind of nothingness, but he couldn't verify it because however close the scientist gets, they're still at a distance and they'll still observe something, all right? right. And then one day he saw a picture by Ernst Mark, who was a physicist, which was a drawing Ernst Mark did of his own point of view, which of course is his headless body and a big nose down one side of the view, right? Mm -hmm. And when Douglas saw this, he said, ah, that's the view from zero, not from, you know, a few feet or a few inches. That's the view from zero, and it's headless. And he looked at himself, and he thought, I'm in the same condition. Yeah. Right? At center, for me, I'm nothing full of everything. Now, that isn't belief. That isn't religion. That is just someone having the simplicity to look for themselves and then realize it was uh, important of course. You know, and it fits with what all the religions say in their, at their heart, you know, but it's not dependent on them. Now, this is, a, this is the game changer, because up till now, the way into this awareness has mainly been through a religion, you see, or a guru, or a scripture. Good for them, good for them, you know, but today, if you're like me, you, you, you know, you, we're in a modern world now, and we, uh, we're, growing, we're growing up, and we're not going to take anybody's word for who we are at center, because they're not there. Right. This is, this is uh, and it's available. Just have a look. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah a lot of stuff. What are you looking out on? Yeah. Right. Where is are that... you looking from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, nowhere. Yeah, a lot of the ideas yeah. that you were talking about, um, I, or, I encountered in, on uh, the hierarchy of heaven and earth by Douglas Harding, the idea of, you know, us being, yes, you know, di being an onion basically. And we're kind of a different identity at different layers, but at our, you know, most at zero at our most like foundational level, we're nothing. And I think there's a nice symmetry there between, you know, the individual being nothing at their foundation and like th whatever vessel contains the universe both in time and space being nothing as well. So like if, you know, the origin of the, if, if we ca essentially came out of nothing, you know, we all deal with that paradox. Well, you know, who created the universe? Well, if God created the universe, then who created God? So clearly, you know, at some point, something, I guess, spontaneously arose or, you know, 
I, it's hard it's hard to describe yeah, but I, 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 it, yeah no i wouldn't go any further with that because you're walking into pure mystery there. right exactly exactly <laughs> but i guess i guess what i was go, where i was going with that is like that's that pure mystery is right we live with that every day like yes. the same mystery yes. yeah that you find that's it, it yeah right well put yes and this is awakening to this mystery at your own center, at everyone's center. And it's a beautiful mystery. And it, it, uh, life unfolds now in a new way. Uh, we are brought up to believe that growing up is finding out who you are in society. See, I'm Richard, and there you go. If I believe I'm Napoleon, I'm in trouble, right? You yeah. find out who you are, and then you make the best of the... Turn my email on. And then you make the best of the cards that you've been dealt, right? And that is meant to be what life is about. Because what else? You can't transform yourself into somebody else. Here you are. You found out who you are. You make the best of it. But actually, it is not the end of the story. Once you've found out what cards you've been dealt and who you are in society, there's a next stage, which is awakening to who you really are, at the origin of that person. And now this next stage of life is what it is all about. It is now living your life as that individual, but aware of your true nature. And this changes everything. You suddenly open up to having this vast, infinite resource behind you or within you. And you open up to the fact that everyone's face is your own and that you're privately, you're still and the scenery moves through you. All of this, this is a new phase of life. And if you only get to the third stage and don't go on to the fourth stage of, of awakening to and living from who you are, you, you're missing out on the fruit, on what it was all about, as far as I can see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that forces you li to live with a particular, uh, I've said this recently, a particular intensity. Like there's a certain way about going about your existence once you realize that this is who you really are and what you're going to put out in the world. So it's like this concept of like appearance versus reality. And when you can differentiate between the two, then you have a really, really good chance. And, and, and if you're aware, then you have a really, really good chance to live like a dynamic existence oh yeah it takes the brakes off you know if if you're always sort of seeing yourself as an object uh it, you, you, it's like having a cork in the bottle your head's like a cork on the top of your head you know, <laughs> and you're blocking the source yeah, you're blocking yeah, yeah. The source. Right, well you see you've no head uh it's like taking the cork out of the bottle and it, then things can flow now uh, it's not a guarantee that you, you'll have uh, everything will go your way at all it's not like that Mm -hmm. uh, right. it, 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 and life, it still goes up and down and you can still get depressed, but you're now operating from this place that's free of that depression and up and down. Mm. You're operating from this re mysterious resource, which you can see, you don't understand, but you, you can see into the world. And as you say, I mean, this is a very different way of, of living. It's not utopia. Uh, it's not nirvana, if you like. Uh, but it is a, a real way of living, an authentic way of living, exciting way of living, true. The bottom line is, is it true, you see? Mm -hmm. And uh, you, I don't I even trust my experience of five minutes ago. I've got to look again now. You know, am I looking at the three faces on the screen 
from behind a face on this side of the screen, or am I built open for you all? And and Richard, I'm well, I'm built open, and uh, I I am sure I'm convinced everyone is, and it's so it's it it here we are. You see, we're we're enjoying celebrating our central nothingness, which is the source, isn't it? Yeah, How wonderful is that? It's awesome, and it, it guess it kind of makes you take on the personalities of the people that you're surrounded with a little bit yes. more. So if, if you are that person that's in your field, you know, if they're in a positive state, they're spreading positive energy, that's your positive energy. And conversely, if they're spreading negative energy, then you are that negative energy. So the company you keep kind of almost becomes more important in a way when you're living from that space. Yes. Uh, on the other hand, the space is not affected by what's in it. Mm. You see, and yeah. so you can be with someone who is depressed and see that you are not affected in your true nature. Mm. But it, it actually, uh, people, when they live from this, become more empathetic, you know, more sympathetic, more, more attentive to others, more aware of what others are going through. But not, you don't surrender your own point of view in the process. You are room for both. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so, Richard, I mean, then... Where do memories play into all this? Because memories are something that we attach to because it's got to do with identity. And so if we lose memories, do we lose identity? Or if we lose our identity, do we lose our memories? What is yes, memory if, in all of well, this? Well, if you did lose your memory, you would lose your identity, wouldn't you? Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even know your name. You wouldn't have any narrative. When you are born, you've no narrative, you've no identity, you're this headless space, you don't have language yet. Everyone's face is your own, but you wouldn't put it in those terms. You haven't got language and you don't know anything different. Now, growing, when you look out at the world as a baby, it's probably fairly chaotic. You know, it's just things happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't know about yesterday or tomorrow or right. Australia or something. You know, That's why just... they always have the surprise like look on their face. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And when you're headless, you, you understand where the baby is, you see, because you've got <laughs> this headless at first. Now, growing up, you become aware of time and space and you form memories and anticipations and, and awareness of other places. So the world develops. You don't develop. But the world develops uh, and gains memory and uh, the past and the future and all of that. And, and that's really important. And when you see your headless, you're not trying to erase your memory or uh, stop identifying with the one in the mirror. Uh, I don't believe you could do that uh, anyway. But I'm, I, that's not what it's about. It's not trying to manipulate your experience. It's being aware of what your experience is, who you are. You see. Mm. And as it's given, as you grow up, you become aware of yourself and others and your narrative and their narrative and what you did yesterday. And this is all part of what's arising within the space. And this is to be welcomed and uh, accepted humbly as, as the way it's given. You know, when you're very, very old, it'll go. So enjoy it while you've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. true. But you know, I mean, uh, to to look at a very deep question, you know, the one in the mirror, the one on the screen, was born and will die. Your your, but were you born and will you die as who you really are? Well, there's no beginning or end here. There's no time here. You see, we've been going, I don't know, forty five minutes or something. But the space doesn't change. 
Now, this does not stop you dying as a person, but you're now aware that that process is happening in the unborn undying here. Now, does that make a difference? I, I, it does for me. It mm. does for me. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that. I think it definitely does make a difference knowing that at center you're nothing, and knowing that where we came all came from ultimately is nothing. You know, like nothing happening when you die in that context doesn't seem like such a bad thing. <laughs> it's just no thing happening when you die, which is what we were originally. But I guess my question for you would be, what do you think happens to this single eye when you die? Like I have a single eye, Arjun has a single eye, you have a single eye. You know, what what, what happens to that at the moment, the body? Well, nothing happens perishes. to it. You see, uh, the single eye is a completely different kind of thing from any of the objects within it. Mm. Uh, you know, the objects within it start and end. They have a beginning and end. And you see... Uh -huh. uh, I know what will happen to Richard after he dies. In the general sense, he'll be cremated or buried, right? And uh, so I, I do have some idea of, now that's a thing, but this isn't in time. To say what happened, it, it, it's just, it's happening within this. Uh, now, it is astonishing. We can't get our head around that, but it is very, very good news. You know, it's who you really think, are. Is it because your capacity doesn't end? Right. So of like, course, yes. So that view of the capacity that you have. So your one eye, if you call it yes. your capacity, will stay yes. that capacity, even well, if I, you're physically not here. Well, there's always something in the capacity, isn't there? Mm. There's always something in it. What it's going to be, I don't know. Right. No, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's a surprise what's in it now. You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, totally. It's, yeah. It's, it's nature is to create, right? It's na it can't stop it. You can't turn it off. You know, yeah. how could you turn it off? I mean, it's just pouring out the nothing all the time. Now, what is coming out of it is a surprise to itself. You know, never mind me. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in a very source. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, you, I mean, you, none of us are responsible for having like created our single eye. Yeah, we all came from our mothers, but you know, they didn't create their single eye. You know, there's n nothing really about yourself or your existence is self-created. No, I, I, I had a, a thought when I was twenty or something that, you know, I I've been my parents told me that. Uh, you know, they created me, and I've realized, actually, I created them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, I, I but in a way, they created you too, right? Because of course. they're in... Yeah, yes. both ways, yeah, yeah. You because created each other, ways, yeah. yeah. So right now, uh, you're in me, and I'm in you, right? Right, right. Yeah. Wow. We just, yeah. uh, yesterday I did, uh, I'll put it on YouTube later in the week. We did a, an, exper an exercise I've developed over the years, which is a communication exercise. <laughs> because when you grow up, of course you learn to communicate, but you learn about who you are as a person. And in order for, the way that this happens is that everybody tells you you're a person. So you take it on. And you, you want to, you have to, you're the one in the mirror. So you through language and gesture, you take on board that you're a person and you join in the process. So you say, I'm Richard. 
I'm Richard, you learn to say it and you want to. And mm-hmm. say, you're Arjun and you're Jay, you see. So we confirm all the time, 24-7, that you're a separate person as you grow up. Mm-hmm. No one is saying, oh, actually, I'm God. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. You know, everyone yeah. will go, no, you're not. And quite rightly so, you know, you're yeah. not as a person. Now, uh, you can see how powerful and infectious that communication of your identity is. It's, it's going on 24-7. And you can't avoid, avoid it because you're in that all the time. How could you? You don't want to anyway. Now, when you awaken to your true nature, like we are doing now, if we start communicating about it, we can start to celebrate and reinforce and confirm that side of ourselves, which is what we're doing here, as well as our human. All right. So in this exercise, uh, I, I uh, if I'm to, I do it with a person. So it's a communication exercise. So I, I could do it with both of you now. You see, I'm Richard and I'm in London and you guys, uh, Jay and Arjun, are in California. So I've acknowledged my human identity, which is what we do all the time. But now I'm going to acknowledge my true identity and articulate it. Just as I've uh, learned to articulate my human self, I'm now going to say, well, actually, privately for me, I am space for you. I'm, I'm this single eye. Everything is within me. Everything is arising within me. And I know that the same is true for you, that uh, I can see you're over there in California, but really you're not. You're space for California. Your space for this meeting. You're empty for Richard and and everyone here, and for the whole world. Now, uh, I, we are now bringing into the conversation not only our humanness, but also our true identity. Right? Mm-hmm. If I look at you, you see now, I say, I know that right where you are, you don't see anything there. You're wide open, clear, boundless space. Now, don't you feel seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. The ultimate Well, connection. really. You yeah. see, so I'm, I'm recognizing who you really are, and you go, yeah, no, you're right. If, if someone says something about you as a human being and they get it right, you know, uh, that you like football or, hey, you did that really well, we say, oh, thanks. No, I appreciate you feeding that back. That's true, but I'm glad you said it, right? We need that kind of confirmation. But now I say to you, well, as well as that, right where you are, you're this wide open space there and you're full of everything you see mm-hmm. and you're totally still there. You're yeah. Totally still. Yeah. Now, everything's going. Now you, now I've just appreciated who you really are and it's good to hear, isn't it? Yeah, it is very good to hear. Yeah. One of the things that Arjun and I have talked about the show on that point is the idea of like double clicking into people because, you know, if you see someone passing on the street and you just see their body, you just see their face, that's really just sort of an icon for what they are truly within. And when we encounter strangers, we typically don't take the time to register that they have that same, you know, glassy essence that we do. And we just see them for the face that they are. But unless like you take the time to peel back the layers, um, you know, you never really see them for their true identity, which is just uh to your point about empathy, you know, it's hard to go through life truly empathetic if you're misjudging who everyone is Yes, when, when you meet them. <laughs> yes, and empathy, you see, is the ability to stand in someone else's shoes non-judgmentally and see and feel and think from their point of view, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you can do that, someone say, oh, you really empathize with me. You really, I feel you really understood me. 
And it's a non-judgmental thing in that sense. Now, when you appreciate your true nature, you realize that everyone is in the same condition. That's an even deeper empathy. Right. Right? And you don't, you don't need the other person to know you're doing that. They'll feel it if you're just as they will feel your empathy. If you're em- even if you say nothing, you're listening. When you're aware of your true nature, uh, this is a powerful thing, and you and you you don't even have to explain it. You certainly, don't need their agreement. But when yeah. you're walking down the street, uh, you see, uh, notice that the person coming towards you gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then disappears into the great void. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I was walking to the dog park this morning with Buster, and I literally was like the dog park is coming through me. The street is, mm. well, I'm not walking down the street. The street is walking through me. <laughs> and you're, when you're aware of that, you're alive to it. It's not you're lost in thought. You're alive to it, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's not like you're not responsible for your thoughts and your energy and your attitude. Like you still have to be, you know, decent as best as possible, but your perspective is completely shifted. I think you're more conscious. You see, if you're not aware of this, you're kind of walking down the street thinking about yesterday or the problem or you're lost in a narrative, you know, and you're not seeing the trees, you're not seeing the people, you're not feeling the breeze, you're you're lost in your thought. But if you are this nothingness, this consciously being this space, you're much more aware of what's going on. You're, you're, You're more peripherally aware you know, mm-hmm. the whole view, you're aware of, of, uh, of things going on. So it's being more effective, more aware. It's more practical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, I think whatever you let go of is a return to you. So if you are mm-hmm. holding on to the idea that, you know, you want, you want power, you know, the second you let go of that desire, you feel more powerful than you've ever felt because wanting it so much um, was actually what took it away from you. And I think it's the same thing here. Like if you identify with nothingness, then, you know, the world appears more bountiful than it ever did before because, you know, it's just more full than you ever saw it to be before. Yes. Uh, This is that old mystical saying, you know, uh, the paradox uh, to have everything, have nothing to be everything, be nothing. Uh, it's that paradox. And when you, you, when you return to this emptiness, which is utterly poor, you see, yeah, you, everything is then yours. Right. Everything yeah. is yours. There's a, apparently there's a, uh, uh, the, um, Kalahari, uh, Bushman down in South Africa somewhere, uh, they have a greeting and apparently it's something like this. I think that the guy who wrote this book about them was with a Kalahari Bushman. And another one came towards them and ran up to towards them out of the sort of bush or desert or whatever it was. And he he ran up to them and slammed his spear down in the sand. You know, it was rather dramatic. And he said the Bushman greeting. And the Bushman greeting was, I was dead. Now I am alive. Mm-hmm. Now, because he had no one around him, he, he, he was empty, Right. And as soon as he was with someone, he came alive in them. That's the nothing coming alive in the the world. And uh, I am now coming alive as three people, right? Jay, Richard, and Arjun. I am dead here. I'm alive in you. 
Mm -hmm. uh, th this, this is appreciating the present moment arising in this mysterious awareness here. Yes, true for everyone. It's interesting yeah. because it's like this also probably helps explain why even the Rastafarians, they say I and I, which is probably yes. the I as a human and I as the, uh, the private ver version of yes, there you go. which is like the God. Think about how powerful that is. Like literally you bring the world to life. Like yes. this is you bringing the world to life. So that's a pretty powerful statement. You literally could say Douglas, Douglas did a workshop in California years and years ago. I mean, he's dead now. And he did it with some school kids. And uh, he showed it to this, these little, you know, these young kids. And one boy looked at him and said, it's true. And it doesn't make you proud. Mm. Right? Mm. This isn't puffing yourself up. This is relaxing into... The only place you can really relax, you can't relax on a peak in the valley of your true nature. Right, right. Yes. Now, uh, your greatness, your 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 greatness comes from being utterly empty. Yes. Yeah, that's really yeah, interesting. Also, how you reduce all your stress because at yes. the center. Yes. Yes. There's no stress you're not here. Affected. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of stress there. It's not being in denial. But there's no stress here for anyone. Right. Now, you know, it, obviously it's going to make a difference if you are aware of that stress-free place, which is right where you are, and live from that. Mm -hmm. You know, check yeah. it out. And you're, I guess your human body can still be holding stress, but oh, yeah. if you can always retreat back into the nothingness, then there's always some distance you can put between what you truly are and what the human is feeling. There you go. Well said, yes. And it is always available. It won't get rid of your stress uh, immediately. And the, and the world is made of stress. You know, that's the way it, it is. But uh, there's no stress where you are uh, and no problems where you are. Mm. Fantastic. Fantastic. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, I, the world it, it doesn't know about this yet, but it, uh, hopefully it will. You know, it's on the, on the, this is really good news. And it, it's so accessible. Hey, you don't have to join a club or a group or uh, you don't have to believe anything. You know, you test it for yourself. And there's lots of friends around now that are exploring this. It is a very, very, uh, I'm very, uh, you know, it's a very positive thing, your true nature. Is, you know, it's very, very good news. It's no guarantees that, you know, things will work out out there. But you have, you know, the, it's the old tradition. Do, do, you know, live your life, do the things you need to do. But wake up to your true nature and live from that. That's what mm -hmm. it's all about, really. Uh, and it means you live a better life and a more fulfilling life. It's not denial or withdrawal. It's entering into life more fully. You, you know, you, you, you take the veil away. You take the cork out of the bottle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. I actually just, you know, you, when you were just saying all that at the end, it made me flash back to my professional time on a sales desk. And I just think that if salespeople had this mentality where nothing around them is really going to affect their center, all the discomfort is yeah. out there. It's not at the core. Go yeah. on with your day. You know, don't be afraid if you get the no, just keep moving on. But at the same time, I think when you're developing relationships with people, and let's say you have a set of clients, I actually think that if you take 
a couple of those meetings and take some time to have conversations like this with your clients, you actually can develop a strong enough relationship where in the long run that pays off. It's not about, hey, did I do all of the five things I need to do in this meeting? It's like, did you create a connection with the person in front of you? And as we've seen, there's really no other better way to create this connection than when both realize that at the middle, there's no thing. Well, that's right. And the paradox here is that when you see that, when you see your face to no face with others, that you are them, that you're room for them, uh, that you are them, then in essence, you want nothing of them. You, you, you have no designs on them. You mm -hmm. allow them to be them, be as they are. And this is, uh, this is connection, more than connection. This is mm -hmm. becoming the other person. And uh, this is, uh, yes, this is, uh, we are, it's as if we're walking around with our eyes closed. We think we're behind a face. We think we're separate from everyone around us. We think we're in this body separate, you know. And then when you look and, and wake up from that kind of dream, you say, no, everyone, everyone is within me. There's no distance. Mm -hmm. Everyone's face right. my own. Now that, you know, if you want a challenge in your life, if you want an opportunity to explore, this is, you've got it right on your doorstep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the no, the no, the no thing, the nothingness at center doesn't even make decisions. You know, you, re you realize like <laughs> all your psychology and all of like your identity and thoughts and memories are actually, you know, a layer like over the nothing at center. So it's just kind of a, it's so unchanging. It's not, not just in the sense that it's not moving or it's not going through different emotions. It's like totally inactive in a way too, which is kind of cool. Well, yes, that's right. But, but this is the hub of the wheel uh, and the, the, the center is inactive and still, but wow, what movement oh, comes for sure. Oh yeah. 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 Inactive isn't quite it's yeah. very active, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's obsessively 24-7 on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Wow. Richard, I have to ask you this because we have this, you know, the space together. Like, how do you think about what dreams mean? And I know this might be not connected to headless way, but it's like, I want to know your thoughts on dreams and the power of dreams and what that means for us. Well, dreams come out in the no mind, just like anything does for a start. All right. And uh, if, uh, if someone has a dream and they say, well, what do you think it means, Richard? I'll say, well, what do you think it means? Let's talk about <laughs> it. I don't think there's any, you know, necessarily defined answer or, you know, it's part of what is arising within the, the space and uh, just like sounds are uh, so uh, where do they come from they, they who knows you know that well i do know but i can't define it so mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 the whole thing is a bit like a dream isn't it <laughs> yeah 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 like yeah <laughs> but uh, like, you know it's the only dream in town uh, you know, dream, <laughs> dreams. When you have a dream and you wake up, you can compare it with something else. You know, daily life, and so it's a dream and reality. But the whole thing, you, if you say, "Oh, it's all a dream," well, you know, there's nothing to compare it with. It's real. Right. It's, it's right, a, right, right, right. It's either know. like reality is a dream, dream is a reality. It's going yeah. back to the idea. There's yeah, there's nothing, yeah, no space to compare the single eye to. There's no 
reality to compare this dream to. So it's like, you know, I recently heard. And also, who you really are, there's nothing outside you. There's only one consciousness as who you really are. You know, there's someone someone outside Richard, and Richard's not the only one, you know, uh, 7 billion others people. But my consciousness is single, and there's nothing outside it. Now, Richard isn't free. Richard's conditioned. And you could you could predict if you knew enough about me exactly what I'm going to say. Probably, you know, yeah. we're conditioned. But who I really am isn't conditioned. Mm. And uh, you know, so you people say, "Oh, I feel free," and someone says, "No, you're not free. You're conditioned." I think it's as as Richard, I'm conditioned. But who's who I really am? One is free. There's nothing mm. nothing pushing who you are about who you really are. And that is where that basic sense of freedom comes from, I I would say. And it, and it, it's uh, precious and wonderful. Who you really are is free, mm-hmm. not who you appear to be. But then you operate, you see, from this freedom and recognize my voice just coming out of this freedom. It's creative. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess my question for you would be what... Uh... What's ahead for the Headless Way as an organization and what are your sort of goals? How much, it sounds like you've built a lot of momentum over the years. You mentioned several times that you have a burgeoning community now. Just would love kind of an update there and uh, a peek into what's on the horizon for you guys. Well, the, the, the community is growing all the time and it's really a, a loose network of friends. Uh, it's not a club or a group, you know, you don't pay, right? It's just friends, like, you know, I feel now we're friends and in, in the sense that we're, we're sharing this and valuing this. And uh, my uh, uh, aim and passion is to share this as widely as possible for obvious reasons about, in A, it's true, and B, it's a fantastically practical remedy for many, many things. And uh, the experiments make that possible, and and it makes it possible for anyone to share this. And just go to our website and look at the experiments, or go to our YouTube channel, where there's lots of films about this, and uh, supporting people who are interested in this to carry on. And people are welcome to get in touch with me, and if you want to drop into any of our free Zoom meetings, we have seven or eight, nine a week. Uh, Oh, wow. yeah, and uh, it's a friendly place. Uh, as long as you're just aware of, you know, done the experiments, you know, you know what it's about, uh, get in touch with me. So my hope is to share this widely and to put as many uh, ways out there of uh making this available to people through the website, through the Zoom meetings, through books, through podcasts like this, and just sharing it and encouraging uh, people. You know, with the coronavirus, there's there's the number one. And if you go above one, it's replicating faster. And if you go below one, which means that each person, if they only share it with one person, you know, infect someone, it's not actually expanding. Right. If it's lower than that, it's decreasing. Well, right. uh, you know, if you if we share this now with ten people, those ten <laughs> people can share it. Do you see what I mean? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, and, just gotta get the ratio is, over one. And this is more infectious than the virus. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. So we don't know. We're having fun. It's a great adventure. And this is part of my adventure is to meet you guys and to share with you and play with it and see where it goes. Yeah. 
I'm so, uh, it's an honor to have this space with you. And I would just say to the listeners, any listeners, you mentioned coronavirus and the pandemic and the quarantine. If anyone is like looking at themselves and they say, I don't like what I see. Well, now moving forward, you literally don't need to identify with that reflection. <laughs> and, and unless you know what no thing looks like, you literally can't say, I don't like what I see because at your center, there's no thing. <laughs> To see, <laughs> right? Yeah. To see. Yeah. <laughs> I know, exactly. You see, it's so funny. It, yeah. It's not some somber spiritual thing. It's a, it's, it is serious. It's true. <laughs> it's great fun. And, you, and you're free to make jokes about it, you know. And yeah. You're yeah, there's no pretentiousness to it at no, all. No, yeah. no, there isn't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you don't like what you're looking at, then become aware of where you're looking from. A real pleasure to be with you guys and uh, to share this. And it's the one sh with three voices, isn't it? The one with three faces uh, uh, having a chat with itself today. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's been, yeah, it's been truly a pleasure um, being with you, being, being you. Uh, and uh, yeah. we'll definitely, you know, put, the headless way um, information in the show notes and just try to spread this with as many people as possible. Richard, Wonderful. It wasn't, well, thank you. It was more than just nice to meet you. It was nice being you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. I enjoyed being you. <laughs> I enjoyed being three of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I'm, right. just, I'm just trifurcated or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I'm going to become like one person in a second here. <laughs> All right. Thank you so Take much. care. Thank you.